This podcast is an RPPFM production. The following episode contains some coarse language and descriptions of graphic violence. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome back, spooky people. Hi. Hi. It's I Think My Fridge is Haunted. By Gemma and Esther. Coming to you all the way from the Mornington Peninsula. Hi, you guys. Hi. How have you been, Gemma? How have I been? You rock up. You're freaking blonde. I'm blonde. I'm, I've, I'm covered in hemp oil because okay. I've got a migraine. So uh. my head is covered in hemp. Yep. Um, and... I don't know. I don't know. I think it's working. We shall see. Yeah, try the, tell try you what, those super pills that I just the gave super you. pills they'll, they'll are work. good. They're mm. good, but the hemp smells beautiful. Oh, so I'm nice. living for that. Aww. Um, you look very pretty today. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I GHD my hair. Oh, I don't know what that means. Oh, I, it's a, the, the special straightener, isn't it? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. God, can you tell I don't have much hair left? <laughs> well, welcome back, guys. Um, it has been a cool few weeks with our first episodes out. We hope that you're enjoying them. Yeah. I hope someone listens to them. Yeah. Thanks, mom, for listening. <laughs> thanks, me, for listening to getting the views up. We got any housekeeping? Yes, housekeeping. Okay, um, I can't remember. It could have been episode three. We were talking about the ape caves. No, it was episode. It was last episode, episode four. Oh. Remember Carol's Carol Walter's husband? Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like ages ago we recorded that. Crazy. It really was not that long Weird. ago. We had a week off. That's right. Um, the ape caves. We were like, why are they called the ape caves? Is and it, it was because there's wild apes, and we were trying to figure it out. And it, it was where. Carol's husband yes. said in his singles I like ad, walks. I like nature walks in the ape cave. The ape cave. Ugh, and burping in your face. And burping in your face and eating shit sandwiches. <laughs> Until I He's die. a real charmer. <laughs> Till he dies. Which he did. So, <laughs> In <whoa>. jail. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the caves are called ape caves because the explorers called themselves Mount St. Helens Apes, which I think is kind of cringy. What kind of like a boys club? I think so. I wonder, look, if they looked, if they were all hairy, if they were all like bears, then sure, go for it. But if they were just like some like boys that were like businessmen during the week and then on the weekends they like went out and called themselves explorers. You know how there's like, you, you see like a lot of like bikies who are like during the week, they're like dentists. And then on the weekends they put on like their leather jackets and they go hooning down the main street and yeah, stuff. Weekend bikies. Yeah, we they've got like proper jobs during the week. I reckon this is what the Saint Helen Eight Explorers would be. I don't know. It depends. Like, are they old school explorers? Like, you know, like from two hundred oh, years ago? Oh, it could be. You know, I like thought they were just like guys. And Will okay. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, as if this cave they, hasn't they're been not going to be discovered during the week. Because yeah. yeah. This unexplored. I, I think they were thinking, look at us, wild men. We're living off uh, the, the yes. land. We're going out, like, in the mountains for six months. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I was apes. thinking that the, the cave may have been, like, 
discovered in 2003 or something, but that doesn't make any sense, Esther. No, because Carol was with him for like 17 years. That's true. Mm. Oh, God. Well, I am mathematically dyslexic, so I've got my excuse all lined up. Cool. Numbers, numbers, numbers. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we've got some pretty cool stories today. What about facts from oh my the God, freezer? Facts from freezer. Do you want to go first or me? Yes, I'll go first and then cool. you can go first. All right. My fact from the freezer is, guys, have you ever patted a bird? Yes. Have you ever stroked a bird from its head down to its little cute little tails? No, they don't usually let you. Have you ever patted or stroked a bird and it's cuddled up to you and be like, ooh. No, but I wish it would. You've seen the YouTube videos of like people petting their parrots and the parrots like snuggling up to their face and stuff and getting all cozy. Yeah, usually if I pat a bird, it's, it's you know, up in the mountains up near Sherbrooke. Oh, you're talking wild birds. No, I'm talking like pet parrots and stuff. Yeah, because those cockatoos literally will like scratch your oh, whole they'll, arm Oh, they'll off. rip your flesh out. They're not cuddling. No, no, no. But talking domestic like pet parrots, like cockatiels, lovebirds, Quaker parrots. No, I don't know anything about that. Well, okay. For the viewers, if you guys have budgies, I don't know, and you, you stroke them from their head down to their tail and they do like this cute little like, and they like cuddle up to you, you think that's cute? It is. Look, I think it's really cute, but to a bird, that's foreplay. Oh my God. Yeah, so you're actually like turning the bird on a little bit. <laughs> um, most birds treat a stroke from their head down to their back as a start of a mating ritual. So you guys think twice think i mean twice. i think it's still cute i think it's so cute but you are like sexually arousing the parrot so. i don't know take that as you may <laughs> <laughs> shall i do mine now yeah or shall i do it at half time no i'm excited for yours now okay cool i'm Back building it up now. the freezer okay mine is it takes 20 to 60 seconds for a drop of blood to travel from your heart all the way through your body and back to the heart again. I'm thinking about that. It's like not a lot of time. 20 to 60 seconds. Yeah. To go what from like. Like from here from (laughs) I don't know which direction it's supposed to go but say it goes down your right arm. Yeah. Down your right leg. Down your left leg. Oh okay so it's shooting around really fast. Quickly up to the brain and down back to your heart. Yeah it's pretty cool. Yeah. So I guess so like it's if going so fast. Yeah. So I think like, you know, if you're dancing and stuff like that, it's oh going to be God. going like super fast. Wow. So but if, if you're you like, just chilling, if you put like a little foam ball in your veins. Yes. And you and you measured that ball whizzing around your body. That's how you'd probably measure it. If you put like a little, you know, those packing boxes you get and they're full of beanbag balls. You know, when you open up a beanbag. And it's full of those tiny balls. I think that could cause a blocky. <laughs> I'm thinking more of some sort of a but dye. Science. A dye. Oh, yeah. If you just stuck like some food in color in your vein. Yeah. Like. And put a black light radium. on it. Radium. <laughs> glow in the dark. Radioactive radium. There's tattoos you can get now that are glow in the dark. I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen that. I saw a show. It was on like Stan or something. It was called like Tattoo Nightmares or something. Mm, and I've got a few of those. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> and there was a guy um and he was getting a big cover up Yikes. and they're like oh yeah we're trialing these glowing in dark tattoos do you want one and then he got one and he went to the club and danced and it and totally it, glowed oh well you it would suck if you were like hiding from a serial killer and you were a party boy and you had black lights in your house that is hilarious because you'd 
<laughs> I see you. Hi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fail. <laughs> nice Southern Cross tat, you idiot. <laughs> All right, guys, let's get into our story. Okay, so who, who wants to go first? Uh, rock, paper, scissors. Let's do it. Okay, okay. ready, set. One, two, three. You win, so okay. what do you want to do? Uh, you read it. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do my story. All right. Okay, I hope you like this one. Yeah, I hope so too. Uh, okay, I always get a little bit nervous because like, I think, oh, maybe they're going to think oh, this one's boring. And the But the last time I said that... Honestly, you yours have been my favorite every single episode. I hate after I read mine, I'm like, oh, no, yours I are sound awesome. Like a grot. No, you don't. I read it like I'm David Attenborough sometimes, with no like inflections in my voice. Is that a word? Inflection? Yeah. But look how successful he's been. Thank you. <laughs> Okay. All right. Okay. Cool. I, I have a renewed confidence. Okay. Let's party. I'm excited. Okay. Let's totally party. All right. And this is a freaking party. Today I'm doing a haunting. Ooh. And I'm going to be telling you about the Donovan family. Ooh. Do you know it? Do you? Do you? Do you? I think it's not the, the, it's not the, not the people who were walking and they got lost and the Donna party. Oh, no, 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 no. I love that one. No, no. This is the Donovan family. Donna. Okay, I'm waiting. We'll let, I would like to do the Donna party. I want to do the Donna party I too. I think that's more your thing. I though. would love to do them. I Yeah. Oh, goosebumps. Okay. Yeah. I think there was a movie with Guy Pearce in it that was about that, wasn't really? it? Really? I don't know. It was called Ravenous. Ooh. It's about 15 or 17 years old or something. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, the Donovan family. Let's get started. Cool, cool, cool. So the Donovans were a pretty normal family from the US. We're going back to the 70s with this one, by the way, which is where all the best hauntings happened. Yeah, legit. So in the Donovan family, we've got dad, Ted, his wife, Ellen, their 19-year-old daughter, Patty, and their 15-year-old son, Brian. Mm. They were quite a religious family. And they were quite strict with the kids for both Brian and Patty. And as a result, Patty didn't really have many friends and she was quite withdrawn uh, around this time. Brian was quite an outgoing kid. Yep. But Patty kind of responded a little bit to the parenting style being quite strict. But she did have a car, which is good. So, unfortunately, on this particular day, which is the 3rd of March, 1974, it was a Sunday, Patty had driven to the shops and she got a flat tire. Okay. So, her dad makes a note on the kitchen calendar to get it fixed. He has no idea that this seemingly innocent occurrence was the beginning of an epic situation. Oh, just get the tire fixed right there. <laughs> so, they'd been having a few car issues <gasps> lately. Wait. You said he put the note on the fridge Ooh, and that's yes. when the, the crazy start, no, stuff no, no, started no. happening. Did I say fridge? I think you said the kitchen I, uh, kitchen calendar. Damn. Okay, let's just assume it's on the fridge. I think my fridge is on it. There, hashtag, there are hashtag. a couple of fridge incidents in this though. Okay, cool, cool, cool. 
<laughs> so they'd been having a few car issues lately. The previous Sunday, Ted had gone out and started his car only to find it wouldn't start. Oddly, Patty went to turn her car on and it also wouldn't start. The cars were towed away to the garage and it was found by the mechanics that the internal engine parts had been disassembled. Ooh. And it was said by the mechanics that the spark plug wires were pulled out, rubber hoses unfastened, and then uh, the fan belt was cut. So all of this information, or most of this information, comes from the fabulous book, The Demonologist. Amazing. After the flat tire was fixed the following week, another tire went flat. But this time, it looked like it had been punctured specifically with a knife. So other things started happening, but this time it was around the house. Gross. Plants were being torn out of the garden. A doorbell was ripped out and a pipe that was attached to the house, which encased electrical wires, and it was six feet long, was bent at a 90 degree angle. That is one angry thing that is doing this. It's one angry bad kid. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So after a couple of weeks, uh, Ted gets the police involved. The police officer comes over and Ted shows him the damage to the garden, the house, and tells him all about the car troubles, which, by the way, the cars were in a locked garage. So you would think that if someone was doing things to your car, then the They're lock would be damaged. The family. Wah, 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 Inside wah. job. Mm. <laughs> he also tells the officer that he'd been hearing someone pounding on the sides of the house from the outside. Okay. So he's feeling like he's being targeted by criminals or local kids, something like that. You would. Or just a very enthusiastic Mormon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> The cop tells him they'll be keeping an eye on the house at night during their patrols. Okay. So, meanwhile, Ellen and Ted, they're the mum and dad, they start questioning Brian about whether he knows anything about what's been going on. They sit him down in the kitchen and they ask him, has he got on the wrong side of some kids at school, maybe? And suddenly they hear this awful smashing sound and it sounds like it's coming from the inside of the house. So you're going to be freaked out. Yeah. They sneak through the house and they're expecting to find an intruder and they find in Brian's bedroom a huge 45 centimeter hole that's been bashed into the wall. 40 centimeters. So you know the rulers that you used to get in school? So it'd be like your face, someone's like... Not like head butted, but just like push their face into the wall. Oh, bigger than that. It's like, that's like the size of like this computer keyboard. That's pretty Ooh, big. Gross. It, that's like big. Ooh, I want to see this hole. <laughs> so they've found this hole. Yeah, they did. And there's no intruder to be seen. They start to realize they've got to look at this situation from a different perspective. So maybe this is not a crime. Maybe this is something more unexplainable. Mm. And later that night, other things started to happen. They could hear after they went to bed, they could hear scratching sounds coming from the insides of the walls. They could also hear the sound of one of the wall panels being pried off. And Ted finally gets out of bed and he searches the whole house from top to bottom, including the attic. He found no loose boards, no squirrels, rats, 
anything like that. <laughs> the noises continued all week. Yeah, that that would be scary. And um, I was also just thinking that uh, the equivalent, I think there's weasels in Europe or America or something, but I couldn't think of the word. So I was like, oh, yeah, it could be a gunther in the wall. <laughs> so it could be like a, a flock of gunthers. And <laughs> gunthers. then I'm like, gunthers, that's not right. That's just like a... A middle-aged man's name, <laughs> like a Dwight Schrute. My friend Greg used to have a housemate called Gunther. Um, oh, maybe it's pronounced Gunther. I've just been saying uh, well, Gunther. Or it could be Gunther. Gunther. Oh, that's kind of sexy. After two weeks, the activity actually got worse. Of one of it did. One of Patty's new tires was once again punctured. So that's annoying because you know how much freaking tires cost. I mean, the whole thing is like a wart. If you don't get it treated, it's going to get worse. But what are we treating? At this point, <laughs> Was that just... a pun? But what aren't we treating? No, that was just my accent. <laughs> but it was good. <laughs> That's but a weird pun. We? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, at this point, they're kind of going, well, it's probably not criminals it's not gunther's what are we looking at like you know normal people esther don't just go straight to (laughs) demonic infestation like we do blame the boy blame brian 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 (laughs) i don't how old's brian again he's 15 oh yeah that's 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 um prime age for rebellion yeah I was a little turd at 15. I feel kind of sorry for him, though, because he's getting blamed for everything. Oh, Brian. So, uh, Paddy's tyres were once again punctured and the pounding intensified, coming from outside the house. Those Mormons. (laughs) And the Mormons are getting, like, really, really intense because... Please just take our pamphlets. Please just take the word of God. Do you like birthdays? Well, you won't anymore. If you join Mormonism. They don't do birthdays? Don't think so, no. Or Christmases. Hmm. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they don't. Hmm. If you're a Mormon, just write into us. Let us know. Do you have birthday parties? <laughs> and if you don't, what is your excuse to have a 70s party? A 70th birthday? No, 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 but they don't do birthdays. Then what's the 70th party? No, 70s, like disco. It's a disco party. Oh, I don't think that have them. You know, or like a roller skating party. Or, okay. Oh, well, you know, like, oh my God, that would be an absolute gag. <laughs> so the Mormons are getting so intense at this point because every time they knock on the walls, the, the house is shaking. That's, okay. how, that's how intense this, this pounding is. Okay. Uh, and also the pounding noises were coming in sets of three, which is interesting, which as we know in paranormal, three is a very... Mm significant number ted would always investigate the pounding noises but he could never find anything that would have caused it sometimes inside the house small tapping noises could be heard and they would get louder and louder until they were loud banging noises okay the sounds of boards being pried off the walls turned into boards being torn off the walls jeez the Another thing that happened was the pressure valves on the radiators became unscrewed and Ted was going to blame poor Brian. Brian. (laughs) (laughs) But on this occasion, neither of the kids were even home. Mm. He called a plumber to look at the furnace who also heard the banging noises. 
He could find no problems, but when he changed the valves on the radiators and then finished, he found the valves lying on the floor. He's like, sweet, I get to charge this guy twice. Yeah, this guy's like... Uh, Racking up the money. Yeah, exactly. He's like this guy's sleeping like half... He's sleeping a half the, Yeah, half, giving a tip to the ghost. <laughs> well, here you go, or to Brian. <laughs> so by the end of March, this has all been going on for a month. And the tires were being slashed still. And there were six in total by this point. And this brings us to the night that things started to get really crazy. Spooky, spooky. Yes. The parents were watching TV in their bedroom around 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the lights turned off and on again three times. And then the TV turned off by itself. Okay. Which, as you know, it's 1974. And every time you wanted to change the channel, you had to literally get up. Oh, I remember those days, Gemma. (laughs) (laughs) No, you don't. As I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so the TV turns off. And then a huge chest of drawers that was in the room rose up into the air and started twisting from side to side. Oh, kind of like how I dance. Yep, exactly. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it returned to the floor, but then the doors started slamming and a chair covered in clothes rose up, dumped the clothes on the floor <laughs> and then fell on top of them. That is literally one of my dance moves. That's that's me as a ghost. That's me as a burlesque like, dancer. Uh, if I die before my husband, that's literally... I'm Clean gonna, up I'm your gonna damn be like, Stop putting your clothes on the chair. <laughs> Put them in the hamper. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, haunted clothes chair, pictures detached from the walls and levitated around the room in a circle. And are they still like snuggled up in bed, just sitting there being like, oh my God. I would be. I'd be like, dude. Be like, are you seeing this? That meatloaf you cooked. Cast the duchy. What did you put in it? (laughs) (laughs) That 70s dinner. (laughs) Those meatballs. <laughs> that duck l'orange. Oh, God. You, you're getting on the territory those, I don't know about. Those hors d'oeuvres. It's all very those 70s. cock and bush. I don't know. what is that a that big cake thing on MasterChef? The big tower cake with the little balls? Oh, the chocolate ones? <laughs> oh. Cream puffs? Oh, no, the, uh, uh, yeah, isn't it called a cock and bush? No, I don't know what that means. I swear, because every time they'd say it, I'd be like, <laughs> How do you spell it? I don't, God, it's French. I don't know. Profiteroles. No, but there's like a huge tower and it's yeah, like a. A profiterole cake. Yeah, but they call it like a cock and bush. They call them cock and bush? It's not pronounced cock and bush, but it's like <laughs> you slur those words together and it's like a cock and bush or something. Like, like cock and you know bush. Yeah, I don't know. But that'll be a housekeeping <laughs> thing next week, guys. We'll get back to you on um, what those things are called. I think they're. I don't want to Google cock and bush. <laughs> Neither do I. I'll get some sort of porn virus <laughs> pop ups. I don't even know how we got onto that. The dinners. Oh yeah, because they're tripping in their bed. Because they were. Yeah, they had brownies, and, <laughs> um, weed cakes, and stuff. <laughs> Weed cakes Weed and ca- stuff. What do you That'll call be them? put on a hash edibles. Br- hash brownies. Yeah. Edibles. <laughs> That'll be put on a t shirt, guys. Weed cakes weed and stuff. Cakes. <laughs> Got any weed cakes? <laughs> you know where you put your weed cake? In your coffin? Fridge. <gasps> Fridge. 
Um, brought to you by I think my fridge is haunted. Okay, when it's legal here. Oh my god, we'll do it legal. Oh my god, how fun! <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> okay, so then all this stuff is happening in the room. Mm-hmm. They're totally tripping. Yes. And they hear a sound of a kitten in oh, the spare room. No. And it's a sound that turns into the sound of a baby. Okay, good. Which I find creepy. No, Yeah, the baby's creepy, but I'm more worried about the kitten. It's not a kitten, though. If I heard a kitten, if I was sitting in bed and all this crazy stuff was happening and my cupboard was dancing and my chair was having a tantrum and I heard a kitten... I would leap out of my bed and, and be like, I need to protect this kitten. I think if your cupboard was dancing and your bed was no, levitating. Have you heard a kitten? That is my trigger sound. <clears throat> that will make me burst into tears if I hear a kitten. I just have to hear the quote in my head from the exorcist. The demon is a liar. Yeah, but they see that's clever because that's like a trigger. If a demon wanted to get me, put, put a cat crying in front of me and i'm, That's your I'm all yours this is why i have five cats because they were all like um failed foster cats i'd be like yeah they're ringworm kittens i'm gonna foster them out and then i'm like nope that one is so cute i'll Aww, take that one that really? one and that one. five cats later dude wow because i cannot handle cats not having homes yeah i cannot handle them like being sad i'm like i'll give you the best life <laughs> you can come with me. Oh no, I'll give you the best life. Oh my god, I'll give you the best life. Five cats later. You know, I tallied it up. I've owned nine cats in my entire really? life. Really? Yeah. Aww. And I'm only twenty five. Yeah, I I've only got one cat, but I'm a little bit like that. Um yeah, just one day my husband was like, We should get a cat and I'm like, huh? Miss Van Miss Van Gigi. And um, we went down to the RSPCA and we found her and she was sitting all by herself and she looked so innocent. Little did we know she was a cow. Little did we know Miss Vangie is a conniving angel. She is though. She's so cute. She is like, "Mm, girl. She's hilarious. She makes me laugh every day. Did you see that picture that I posted of the pumpkin? I did a pumpkin head. Yes. Did you see that? Ew, this is so 2002. She stuck. No, it wasn't though. Did you not see the Insta brows? The what? The Insta brows on the the pumpkin that I carved. What are Insta brows? Instagram brows. Like they were like. Oh, like a filter. Perfectly carved. Oh. (laughs) Spent ages on those, um, man brow goals or brows for days or whatever the whatever the youngins are saying brows on fleek brows on fleek i don't look at my brows they look like um john howard's brows <laughs> i have terrible thick italian eyebrows anyway it doesn't matter she, anyway she let's go back her, to the stuck haunting her, she stuck her paw into his eye yeah she's like take that you ugly donald trump <laughs> <laughs> okay so, kitten in spare room, sounds like a baby now, <laughs> pounding, banging, coming from outside. Oh, so the pounding starts to come from above them. Okay. And the next day, the outside of the house starts getting pelted in rocks coming from the sky. Damn, that is, that's like Stephen King. Yes. Carrie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. Remember, there was another haunting, another house, which I'd like to do. I don't that had the rocks. The name of it. No, it has had the ravens, um, ravens just flying so around common. and around and around the house. So, 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 so common. I love them. In Australia, it's like a lot of people see like starlings. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. The black ones. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, 
So a police officer actually witnesses the rocks coming from the sky and advises the Donovans to contact a priest. (laughs) As night fell, the objects again began levitating and that's when Ted Donovan decided to call a priest. Just move out. But you can't because, well, you'll find out why. (laughs) Anyway, so the priest gets to the house and the activity just stops and the priest says, well, I can't see anything happening. I think someone in your house is disturbed. Well, you'd be like, can you live with us, Mr. Priest? He, he was basically, he was just no help. Yeah, well, I could have told you that. Priest. Anyway, so Ted finally decided he's got to have a chat with his boss mm-hmm. as to why he's missing work all the time. And his boss gave him the name of some people who could help. And he also told him uh, it may help to have a blessed object in the house. I like how the boss, it's, it seems like a common thing that his employees come up and be like, well, boss, I wasn't in last week because there were rocks raining from my roof. The boss is like, mm, I've got a, I've got a um, medicine for that. Don't you worry. <laughs> Here we go. This is what the you one. do. Sandra from accounting had the same problem two weeks ago. I know. You just get a lucky rock, a lucky statue or something, and you just put it in your dresser, and boom, yeah. there goes the poltergeist. Just anoint it yep. with a bit of just oil. Just rub some oil on it. She'll be right. Good to go. Put some hemp oil. Yeah. Done. Fixes everything. <laughs> Migraines and ghosts. Windex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Ted goes home and he unpacks a little statue of St. Anne okay. as his blessed object. And he's opening up the package in the downstairs living room and he brings it upstairs and he hears loud noises coming from downstairs where he just was. The furniture in the downstairs living room was floating and detergent from the laundry room had been spilled all over the place. I told you to wash your damn clothes. (laughs) (laughs) He went back upstairs and the statue was gone and he goes around the house looking for it and it's been placed in the bathroom next to the toilet. And I thought you were meant to help the situation. She's like, honey, I got IBS. I got to stay here tonight. I'm not helping you. And then he finds his son's bedroom door has had obscene language written all over it. Brian. So, of course, he goes to Brian. God damn it, Brian. So, Ted decides that's it. We're going to a hotel. God damn it, Brian. But the crazy occurrences actually followed them to the hotel. (sighs) can't get a break no so the banging followed them and the lights kept switching on and off Mm -hmm. and then the other guests started complaining about the noise from their room yeah 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 so they had to go home when they got home the house was completely trashed yikes everything that could be spilled on the floor and bedding was just spilled everywhere so we're talking about cleaning products alcohol, perfume, shoe polish, Mm -hmm. everything. Furniture was broken. They found towels stuffed in the toilet. That is just my pet peeve. (laughs) You see that a lot, do you? Oh, I'm a cleaner. I find a lot of things stuffed in the toilets. Really? Yeah, girl. (sighs) That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) And um, 
and there was more blasphemy written all over the walls. I want to know what the blasphemy is. You um, suck. You know, just probably stuff like, you know, that was on The Exorcist and stuff. Your mother's son. Yeah, Yeah, that kind of thing. Exactly. I would love to say that. So... <laughs> <laughs> when you die, you want to come back and oh, people. Oh, honey, that is what I'm going to be screaming when I die. Recite lines from The Exorcist. Literally. From Reagan. L- yeah, but I'll make them like sassy and bogan. I just, when I die, when I haunt people, I just I just want to sing the song from Rosemary's Baby and just freak people That's out. That's good. Like when they're asleep. That's good. I'm going to sing like acapella Britney Spears into their ears while they're sleeping oh, just to trip them out that's like, annoying that was a weird dream can you sing acapella um no <laughs> <laughs> which will make it even spookier there's a really off out of tune ghost in my room last night singing toxic but I'll do the full like instrumental I'll be like dun, 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 dun. meow 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 I'll do the whole song. Not a scary ghost at all. Well, it depends <laughs> who you're singing it to. <laughs> okay, so they come back and the house is trashed. And they clean it up. It takes all day to clean up this mess. Now, the next day was Palm Sunday. Ugh. And they had planned to have Ted's brother's family coming over for lunch. And his brother's name is Phil. Just go to Phil's house. Are you crazy? like to me that's just so ridiculous come on family let's come to this like heaps troublesome house we're having at the moment maybe maybe they're with all the blasphemy all over the walls maybe their house is bigger maybe i don't know yeah you never know phil might live in a van or something i don't know he's got a whole family so i hope they have a house oops sorry i just knocked the microphone it sounded good (laughs) so after lunch they w- were all looking at photo slides that oh. Phil had brought over. It's like the scene in It. Oh, my I God. I can't remember. Um, the new one. I still can't remember. It Chapter 1, it. where they're going through slides of the family and then, like, uh. the mum's hair starts to move and it's Pennywise. Uh-huh. Oh, so sexy. Cool. <laughs> uh, so they start going through the pictures of their a trip that they've just gone literally like penny okay keep going and they had been to kind of like a theme type of park no called i want to see your face called holy land oh no god <laughs> that's like the school i went to except it was a nightmare <laughs> there were there were religious content in Yuck. the pictures can at you holy imagine land. the rides can you imagine a Christian they, ride? I don't think they got What rides. would it be? What would it be? Oh, let's sit on Jesus's lap. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I think this goes against the radio station's content, like uh, dot points oh. that we learned in induction. So let's just move on. <laughs> so they're at Holy Land or the pictures are from Holy Land. And there was religious content in the pictures. And as soon as these pictures of, like, religious stuff came up, water started sliding down the cellar wall. Were they in the cellar? Well, they were in in the downstairs living room, what they call a recreation room. So I think, like, the cellar or the basement area was, like, kind of in the next room. And one of them gets up and points towards the cellar and goes, look, and there's water coming down the wall. Brian? (laughs) Brian! 
Lion Brian. Crying, leaking Lion Brian. (sighs) Brian's trying. (laughs) I'm telling you. (laughs) So water's coming down the cellar, cellar wall. Ted happened to live near a monastery and feels like you have to speak to a monk, dude. Jesus. And he went over and he found one of the monks and he said, please, can you come over to my house? I need you to show you all this crap that's been happening. My and the, walls are leaking. My walls are leaking. My, my toilet ain't flushing. Because there's towels in it. <laughs> there's like ghost babies in the rooms. Anyway, so the monk advised they might be dealing with a demonic possession and mentioned the same name that Ted's boss had given him. The Warrens. Oh, no. Really? (laughs) You didn't see that coming? I did not. Really? I guess it's the 70s. (laughs) I didn't even think of the Warrens. Only two people in the world investigated ghosts in the 70s. Oh, my God. Okay. Continue. (laughs) So the monk happened to have their number and he gave it to Ted. But when he called, he was told that they were traveling and they wouldn't be back for five days. Oh, that's fine. They can hold off five Mm, days. I I thought it was going to be five weeks. No. Well, I mean, that's really bad. But five days at this point, like he's getting quite desperate. Like these people are getting no sleep. You know what? You'd stay in a place that doesn't have walls. And you just That's an interesting stay in a place point. with no furniture. You'd have a bed. Like, what you'd if have they a just mattress. went camping? Yeah, you'd stay in, like, an open field where there's nothing the demon can make That's an interesting point. With. What would happen if but you the, just I mean, went out I, to nature? They'd probably make rocks fall on you. Oh, that's true. Mm. Yeah. So they, they have to wait five days before the Warrens come back. And in that time, the rock rain starts again. And in the house, crucifixes on the wall were turned upside down and the St. Anne statue was continuously being hidden around the house. Okay. In addition to that, moaning and screaming sounds had also been added to the list of crazy (laughs) things happening at night. Why is that funny? Just imagine if they were like kind of surprised moans. (gasps) Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. I don't know. If you're surprised, you don't really moan. Ooh. <laughs> Unless it's like, like uh, you wanted something for your birthday, and it's kind of like you're oh. really surprised because it's not really what you wanted. And you're like, so you're like, ah, uh, 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 uh. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so things were being moved. Ted found his toolbox in the attic of all places and an anvil in the deep freezer. Oh, I thought you were going to say the deep fryer. Mm. Uh, Freezer. No, it was a deep frozen anvil, not a deep fried anvil. Freezer. Haunted. Like our podcast. Exactly. (laughs) The family members started screaming that they wanted to kill each other. Finally, Ed and Lorraine returned home. And for anyone out there who doesn't know what the who the Warrens yeah. are, just Google <laughs> go them. Google the Warrens and come back. So finally, Ed and Lorraine Warren return home, and they had been in New York. In fact, they'd been all around the country giving lectures and interviews and on the radio, just living the life. Basically, us if we were le- legit. <laughs> So around midday on the Saturday, they return home and Lorraine gets a call from Ted. 
he was beside himself. Oh, poor Ted. She tried to calm him down and she asked him to explain the problem as specifically as possible. So over the course of about a quarter of an hour, he tells her the entire story of the slashed tires, the knocking, the furniture, the scratching, the fluids being dumped all around the house. Gross. And the following day, Ed and Lorraine made their way to the Donovans to investigate their home. They noticed the outside of the house looked fairly normal, but the inside was totally different. Apart from the mess, there was a terrible smell in the house. Ooh, demon. Exactly. Lorraine said the house was filled with so many entities that she wanted to leave. Jeez. After touring the house, the Warrens sat down to interview the family members. Together, they traced the start of the events to Patty's tire going flat on the 3rd of March. Lorraine asked if anyone knew someone who had died recently, uh, and they didn't. She asked if they had purchased any antique furniture or secondhand furniture, which they hadn't, if anyone had suffered from mental illness, also if they'd received any strange gifts recently, and they mm. all said no. The knocking started to happen around them while they're telling the warrants what's going on, which they actually caught on tape recorder. They asked some more questions. Did they have an interest in the occult or witchcraft or Satanism? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Scrying Brian. (laughs) 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 Did... (laughs) <laughs> she wants to know did they take part in seances and if not them did any of their friends and then they asked the most important question of all i know you want to say something you're bursting i was gonna say maybe phil has been doing some like hardcore seances phil, in his caravan uncle phil the brother yeah <laughs> Phil. Cut <laughs> it out. <laughs> so then Lorraine asks the most important question of all. Has anyone- did you vaccinate? <laughs> okay, apart from did you vaccinate, the most important question of all. What? <laughs> Has anyone used a Ouija board? Oh, oh my God. And Patty says, oh. Oh, Patty, honey. Honey. Of course, Patty was... It's the person you least suspect. Lorraine asked Patty, has she been using a Ouija board? And she says, yes, she has. Oh, girl. Patty tells them how she'd been communicating with a spirit that she believed was actually a boy. And they'd been talking for a year. And she actually regarded this spirit to be her boyfriend. Oh, my God. She's getting catfished, basically, by a demon. Is she being ghosted? By a ghost? (laughs) Well, actually. Silly girl. Here we go. So this entity through the Ouija board claims to be a boy who had died about 10 years ago. Yikes. She had been communicating him for a year. And the night before the first tire had been slashed was the night she asked to see him. Oh, girl. How does she not make the connection? (laughs) (laughs) So... The boy who she she never finds out his name because he's, he tells her he's not allowed to tell her his oh, that's, name. That's a red flag. Such a red flag. In a flag. ghost and a partner. Yeah, doesn't potential partner. have a name. Doesn't have a body. No, doesn't have a face. Ain't got no job. Ain't got no life because he's <laughs> dead. 
Okay, so after she asks to see him, he never appeared on the Ouija board again. And that's when the haunting began. Oh, and she the whole time and she, she's just like, oh, it must just be Brian being a little turd. Well, uh, it, technically, she this guy is ghosting her now, literally. Yeah, but like, wouldn't you be like, I've been in a relationship with this ghost for a year and he's now ghosting me and now all this crazy stuff is happening in my house. Like, wouldn't she be like, connect the dots? I mean... You would think. You would think. We don't know Patty's story. If She's a bit of a slow one. She could be. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, she honestly <laughs> thinks this Ouija board spirit is her friend. No, yeah, well, she thinks she's been dating a, a, a ghost boy. Yeah. Ed explained to them that they were experiencing a demonic phenomena. Ted asks, how does Ed know all of this? And Ed replies, I'm a demonologist. Oh, of course he did. This is the work I've done my entire life. That's a bit cringy. It's a bit like Batman, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Ed calls Father Jason to bear witness on behalf of the church. (laughs) No, 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 Jason. Father Jason's a young priest. Oh, no, I get it. I just can imagine him like, hey, dad, there's a demon at this guy's house. Can you pick me up? (laughs) (laughs) So Father Jason is a younger priest. Um, He's in his 30s and he's also studied demonology. Cool. In fact, he had been declared an enemy by Annabelle the doll. Oh, that is, I would, okay, if I was declared an enemy by Annabelle the doll, I would get it tattooed on my forehead. Really? I would tell everyone, I'm like, yeah, Annabelle the doll is scared of me, guys. Oh, such a bad Put it on my resume, put it on everywhere. Put it on, like, little mugs, and I'd, like, give the mugs to my family. Enemy of Annabelle. Yeah, literally, I'd get, like, little table coasters, (laughs) USBs, everything. Uh, Fridge magnets. (laughs) (gasps) Enemy of Annabelle. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, the reason that Father Jason is there is because the church needs... In order for the church to give permission for someone to carry out an exorcism... Yes. That it ha- the activity has to have been witnessed by a men- member of the clergy and it has to be documented and submitted mm-hmm. to the church. So Father Jason arrives that night and he hears the pounding for himself and he blesses each room. Ed decides to test the knocking sounds by pounding twice on the wall, which gets the same response back. <sighs> He pounds four times quickly on the wall and again gets the same response back. The Warrens had another commitment in Maine, so they had to leave that night. Because when they came to the house, they really weren't expecting it to be as bad as this. So they had to carry out their other responsibilities and they promised that they'd be back in a few days. And they leave the Donovans in the care of Father Jason. Ed advises Father Jason that... uh, his superior in the clergy would be a man named Father Eamon Sullivan mm-hmm. and that Jason is to take notes every day and give Father Eamon the notes uh, in a daily update. And he says, I'm just going to be gone for a few days. Call me if anything happens. So Father Jason stays in the spare room and the activity went on as normal for the next few days. By the Wednesday, so it's four days later, the situation was so bad, it was impossible to sleep. 
when the Warrens returned on Thursday, they could see the priest had been through a lot. He looked really Ooh. tired and he had to go a few uh, away for a few days to recover. It was the Warrens' turn to sleep in the house and witness the hauntings. They heard the banging, screaming, tearing sounds and grunting noises. By this time, the entire family had started sleeping in the same room in their clothes. Oh. During the night, the family started screaming, claiming to have seen a dark figure in the room. And Ed started to use religious provocation against the spirit. Pretty much everything in the room levitates, the bed, the drawers, and even Brian. Told you. <laughs> and poor Flying Brian. Flying Brian. <laughs> so poor Flying Brian was... <laughs> oh poor brian bless him brian is thrown against the wall and he falls to the floor i'm trying to think of all i can think of is crying brian but we've already done that (laughs) so the activity keeps going into the weekend and now small objects around the house are starting to catch fire so it's just going from bad to worse to just annoyingly bad <laughs> this is so annoying i know right can't <laughs> sleep can you imagine? i'm sorry if i don't get my eight hours like oh no yeah so wallpaper started to peel off the walls and underneath was blasphemous writing i love it the family this by this time is tired they're physically ill they're depressed they're traumatized and they knew an exorcism was the only solution the warrens had another commitment to attend to in new york so father jason returned to the donovan home after father jason witnessed his rosary beads wrapping themselves around a kitchen chair as if strangling it ed advised them all to get out so they went to stay with ted's parents and the things keep happening at ted's parents house Mm. so nothing is solved the warrens later met father jason at the house on their own to find the house in an absolute state. Even the beds were flipped over. Jesus. The food from the fridge. Can I guess? Was it rotted? It might have been. It was all over the floor. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) The house began to rumble and Ed was injured, finding two deep scratches on his arm in the form of a cross. Damn. The case was presented to the church and an exorcism date was set for May the 2nd. The night before the exorcism, sleep was impossible and they even saw a woman materialize in front of them, but it was actually only from her waist up. Lorraine said it was not a human spirit. Oh, that's cool. Mm. So a father, Rourke, finally arrived at 9.30 the following morning and he carries out the exorcism. During the exorcism, Ellen, the mum, sees a demon rising from the fireplace and the room became freezing cold. The priest threw holy water into the fire and the demon disappeared. Mm. However, the face of the demon appeared on the carpet. Holy water was thrown on it and it too disappeared. Father Rourke believed the entity had left the house and the exorcism was ended. 
The family later said they had never before seen anything so weird and terrifying as what they saw in that house. They concluded that unearthly powers had been at work. After all this, life went back to normal and they continued to live in the house, although insurance would not cover (laughs) the damage done. (laughs) And that is the story of the Donovan family. I love that. That was great. Thank you. That was great. Good job. <laughs> Very good. Well, that was quite the story, Gemma. Thank um, you. We had a lot of ups and downs. We had a lot of emotion. We had a lot of... Um, we laughed. We cried. We laughed. We cried. We flied. <laughs> <laughs> we cried. <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys, I've got a cryptid. Mm-hmm. An Australian cryptid. Wow, wow. Oh, can I guess which cryptid it is? Is it the one that you're always talking it's about? It's not Tony Abbott, that's for sure. Although I'd put him in that category because <laughs> he's an <laughs> ugly... Um, crawling for women. Thing. Yeah. Um, no, it's the. Is it the bunya? Bunya. Bunya. Woo! Which is kind of <laughs> hard to research. Really? Um, turns out there isn't that much written about the bunya. <laughs> There's a band, I think, called the Bunyips, and that kept coming up. And I'm like, really? I was like, guys, I don't want to learn about your indie hip music. I want my cryptids. I'm, I'm going to reserve my comments till the end. Why? I don't believe in the bunyip. Oh, no. Uh, it's like one of the only cryptids I don't believe really? in. But mm. I want to hear what you have to say. Okay, well, uh, hopefully I'll turn your your belief into a, mm, into a belief. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just ne- have never heard of someone who's seen a bunyip. You know, like... No, well, that's the thing. What, when I'll get to it, but bunyips nowadays are not seen but they were so common back in like the 1800s really yeah like early settlers saw them all the time aboriginals saw them Hmm. they were everywhere wow but nowadays it's like nope there are no um uh current sightings it's kind of the last sighting is back in like the 1850s or something so they're probably they're either they either didn't exist or they're heaps extinct or it was just like people maybe we've destroyed their habitat and probably extinct. I wouldn't be surprised my god that's really sad yeah it is sad and they've got a cute name but the question is are they cute we'll get to that too wow 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 okay right, here right. goes you the tell story. the story you tell the story okay guys the bunyip is a huge cryptid that dates back to australian aboriginal dream times cool. which is said to lurk in billabongs swamps riverbeds creeks and waterholes apparently there are at least nine regional different breeds of the bunyip found in australia nine yeah i wonder if there's one in tukuruk swamp most of them are from victoria <gasps> yeah a lot of them are from victoria really yeah legit i always presumed it'd be like out in the desert no nah, they're all like yarra river and stuff yeah and new south wales that's where most of them are from oh i know where they are yeah you're looking in the wrong place me you, personally no, 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 they're all having deconstructed lattes oh <laughs> the down at common folk cafe exactly they're having that horrible fairy floss thing what? 
I ordered a hot chocolate once down in Mornington, not at Common Folk. It was some other place. I just wanted an average hot chocolate and it came like deconstructed. It had the milk separately, the chocolate separately. Then it just was had a plank covered in fairy floss. And I'm like, <laughs> this is not what I ordered. <laughs> she likes her hot chocolate traditional. I like it made. <laughs> I'm not here to, I'm not paying someone to, for me to make it. Anyway, let's I, get- I like all that deconstructed no. stuff. I think it's creative. Yeah, it's creative, but it's like, I'm tired. I've got IBS. <laughs> I don't want to make my own hot chocolate yeah, that like, I just paid $7 for. If you're on your way to work, for. yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you're on, you just want that shit Give me done. a bloody cup of hot chocolate. <laughs> anyway, guys, back to the bunny up. During the settlement of Europeans, there were many accounts of Bunyip sightings recorded in written records, particularly during the mid-19th century. Mm -hmm. The word Bunyip roughly translates to devil or evil spirit, which I thought was so cool. And is that an Aboriginal word? Yes. Cool. Um, But I think it's pronounced differently. Uh, It's got different spelling and stuff, I think. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think it's been like twisted from white settlers... Yeah. Then probably like turning it into Bunyip. Yeah. There was probably. probably a longer version. I don't know. Okay. I can't remember if I've written it in here. There's theories that there's a linguistic connection between the Bunyip and the Bunjil, which is a mythical, quote unquote, great man who formed rivers and mountains and created man and animals. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. The English... The, here we go. Start it again. The English translation of Bunyip first appeared publicly in the Sydney Gazette in 1812 by James Ives, describing a large black animal like a seal with a terrible voice which creates terror among... Okay, guys, I'm sorry. Terror among the blacks. There's a lot Ooh. of that sort of talk in this because it's all from European yeah. settlers. I don't know how else to replace that, because I don't like changing, like, historical text. But that's what they but, wrote. Um, warning, uh, trigger warning. Um, historical racism. Historical racism is in this story, obviously, because there's a lot of, you know, yeah, Europeans and Aboriginals. But basically what they're saying is this entity has been known about by the people of Australia for some time. Yeah, yeah, hundreds of years, yeah. Descriptions of the Bunyip vary extremely. A guy called George French Angus described the Bunyip in his account of a water spirit from the Murundi people of the Murray River. Shout out around 1847, quoting it as this is quote much dreaded by them dot dot dot. It inhabits the Murray, but they have some difficulty describing it. Its most usual form is said to be that of an enormous starfish, which what? I thought was hilarious. I have heard so <laughs> many different descriptions. So many different descriptions of, of this. I always thought a bunyip was like a little like hunched over like man thing that lived in drains. I always thought it was like a massive like hunched over like block shaped weird swamp dude yeah i always thought it was like something that lived in swamps and drains and it would eat kids that's what i was always told that's why i've always been like mm, the bunny, the bunny. i'm sure i've heard someone say uh, one description is like had a head of a horse oh well. yeah well yeah well it does it does this is i'm, I'm getting to a that starfish Gemma. with a horse head well i think that's what this may be one of the other breeds of bunya of course there's nine breeds there is nine <laughs> okay the chalicum bunyip a rock carving found in Fiery Creek 
near Ararat, Ooh, Victoria, cool. shout out to Ararat Prison, um, depicts an image of a bunyip being speared after killing an Aboriginal man. <gasps> Antiquarian Raynal Johns stated that until the mid-1850s, Aboriginal people would re- regularly revisit this place and retrace the outlines of the figure in the rock, in the carving of the bunyip, which is about 11 paces long and four paces in extreme breadth. Wow. Yep. Wouldn't it be cool if we He's a big could boy. see that? Yeah, well, unfortunately, this rock carving no longer exists. Aww. Thanks, time. <laughs> <laughs> An account made by Robert Bro Smith's Aborigines of Victoria, 1878. He quotes, In truth, little is known among, oh, I'm sorry guys, the blacks, respecting his form, covering or habits. They appear to have been in such dread of it as to have been unable to take note of its characteristics. Hmm. Which is pretty creepy. Yeah, but they know it's there. Yeah, they're just too scared to, like, sit around and be like, okay, Discuss so it has... It. Yeah. According to witnesses, 60% of sightings resemble seals or swimming dogs, while 20% resemble creatures with long necks and small heads. <laughs> the, the other 20% can't be categorized. I guess that's where, like, the starfish comes in. <laughs> Apparently, the seal dog description has the bunyip at around four to six feet long with a shaggy brown black fur. They have round heads like a bulldog prominent ears they're tailless and have thick whiskers like seals and otters i don't know what to envision so strange i think it's like a big platypus they're describing okay almost but no tail no tail and whiskers and a head like a bulldog funky it's a funky animal all right the long neck sightings describe bunyips as being five to 15 feet long black or brown fur prominent ears small tusks a head like an emu or a horse which are two very different looking heads question mark question mark which one is an emu or a horse (laughs) a long maned neck which is about three feet long and lots of skin folds Mm. and a horse-like tail so this thing is like everything. It's a got a mix of everything. Maybe it's some kind of like shapeshifter. It could be that went wrong. A shapeshifter that doesn't know how to do it yet. Choose an animal. I'll have all of them. Maybe he's got like multiple personalities. Yeah, maybe it's like the movie Split but Bunyip. <laughs> <laughs> they are said to be amphibious and nocturnal, inhabiting areas of freshwater, which I think is cute. I was going to say, it's in your swimming pool. It's in your drinking water. (laughs) (laughs) According to Aboriginals, they are fast swimmers. Can you imagine seeing that swimming past you real fast? Well, especially if it's like a seal. Yeah. They have flippers and fins, have a loud roar, which I think is kind of cute, and feed on crayfish with rumors of bunyips eating humans especially women and children target which i think is like a scare tactic for everything women and children yeah yeah like do your chores today or the bunyips bunyips gonna eat eat child well not people with tattoos because they taste different yeah thanks jeffrey dharma i'm safe (laughs) well They tend to lay their... Oh, this is this is a bit rude, I think. They tend to lay their eggs in the nests of platypus. You know, there's it's clever. But wouldn't they be massive eggs? I don't know. Potential? Yeah, actually. 
Potentially. I've still got this image of a massive block monster in my head. I don't head. know where you got a block monster uh, from. I don't know, like, that's how would what a block I've survive? Thought. Like they wouldn't be nimble enough to Well then again the bunnipers pretty much exist uh, uh extinct, so you're probably hitting the nail on the head. I don't know. Let's get to sightings. Yes. There was a large number of bunyip sightings during the 1840s and 1850s, especially in Victoria, New South Wales, and South Australia. Mm-hmm. In 1818, Hamilton, Hume, and James Meehan found very large bones at the Lake Bathurst in New South Wales. They described the skeleton as something similar to those of a manatee or a hippo. Like, why would they be in Australia? Because megafauna. True. I mean, true, they true, were true, 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 awesome. True, 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 true. Very true. Very I mean, true. we had massive wombats. We had massive yes. lizards. We yes. had uh, massive kangaroos. Yes. All sorts of things. That's so very it could true. have just been. Um, yep. Oh, which period was that? You're on your own with this one. I went to a Christian school. We didn't learn about this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know. Maybe it was like the fifth day. <laughs> <laughs> They were wiped out in hour two. (laughs) Okay. In the mid-1830s, Bushman George Rankin found the fossilized bones in the Wellington Caves. Quote, some quadrupled much larger than the ox or the buffalo. What? Yes. These were later found by Thomas Mitchell, who also stumbled over the caves. They observed that all... This is a quote. This isn't me, by the way. All natives throughout these districts have a tradition of a very large animal having at once t- one time existed in the large creeks and rivers. And by many, it is said that such animal does not exist. No, it does exist. <laughs> that such animals now exist. <laughs> <laughs> So they exist, guys, back in the 1830s, not now. In 1845, the Geelong Advertiser announced the discovery of fossils near Geelong under the headline, Wonderful Discovery of a New Animal. It read, this is a quote, on the bone being shown to an oh god on the bone being shown to an intelligent black yikes oh my god he at once recognized it as belonging to the bunyip which he had declared he had seen on being requested to make a drawing of it he did so without hesitation end quote the article also included an account of an aboriginal woman being killed by a bunyip <laughs> with evidence from a man called Mumburan, sorry guys, quote, showing several deep wounds on his breast made up by the claws of the animal. What, he was attacked? He had scars on his chest from the bunyip. Whoa. Yeah. The article further provides description stating, quote, the bunyip then is represented as uniting the characteristics of a bird and an alligator. It has a head resembling an emu with a long bill at the the extremity of which is a transverse projection on each side with serrated edges like the bone of the stingray. Its body and legs partake of the nature of the alligator. The hind legs are remarkably thick and strong and the forelegs are much longer but still of great strength. The extremities are furnished with long claws but the blacks say its usual method of killing... I love this... Its prey is by hugging it to death. <laughs> Ooh, like a boa constrictor. Yeah, or an, or an alligator. They kind of spin and drown them. I wouldn't call it hugging. 
I'd say it's a bit of a it's a very it in their mouth and then they, encouraging uh, cuddle. It's a no, cl- they, it's, they, it's they, called a death roll. A death roll, that's it, yeah. And I'd say it's a cuddle if you were trying to explain that to someone who's blind and loves cuddles. You'd be like, oh, it's just like a real intense cuddle underwater, but you're being spun around till you die. All right, don't touch me. <laughs> you like cuddles, I guess. <laughs> when it's in the water, it swims like a frog, which is to me is so cute. Yeah, that is cute. Really cute. My nan swims like a frog. It's so <laughs> cute. <laughs> and when on shore, it walks on its hind legs with its head erect, in which position it measures 12 or 13 feet in height, oh which I think God. would be kind of scary. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see this. Same. It'd just be the lankiest, dorkiest animal. Hey, guys, do you want a hug? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'd be dumb enough to be like, okay, I'm feeling kind of down today. <laughs> January 1846, a weird skull was discovered by a settler on the banks of the Murrumbidgee River near Belnarold, New South Wales. Initial reports suggested it was a skull of an unknown species. The settler who found it stated, all the natives to whom it was shown called it a bunyip. In March of that same year, quote, a bunyip or an immense platypus was sighted sunning himself on the placid bosom of the Yarra. That's awesome. So cute. He's just sunbaking. He's got his belly and his boobies out and he's just like having a big stretch in the sun on the Yarra. I love it. That's your next tattoo, I love that visual. That's my next um, weekend adventure to myself. (laughs) But if I did it in the Yarra, in the city, I'd be arrested. Probably. <laughs> Just opposite the custom house in Melbourne. Immediately, a crowd gathered and three men set off by boat to secure the stranger, which disappeared when they were about a yard from him. So, guys, reports of the Bunyip were basically all in that same era of early settlers you know, when you say it disappeared when they were about a yard from him that's about a meter what yeah, you mean he just they went just... Bloop, back into the water oh right so it's not like it disappeared into no like, he didn't go hey ho and, and vanish like okay so it was like he just kind of went back in the water yeah he's like screw this i'm out right yeah and, and slooped away as a wild animal would yeah totally totally as i would if a boat full of men came towards me going let's catch it and you couldn't find any sightings, like, after the 19th nah, century? No. Nah. They just stopped. This is going to be an ongoing thing. And I'd like to ask all listeners if they know anything about bunyips. If you've got any sightings of bunyips, if your uncle kind of looks like a bunyip, send it, us a picture. Yeah. It, well, maybe not a picture, but, you know, if you've heard about someone who's witnessed something like this. Yep. Let us know. Send us a message on our Facebook page. And it doesn't count if you're on the Frankston line and you just see someone who looks, has a head of an emu and the feet of an alligator and you're like, oh, there's a bunyip. And you start harassing this yeah, poor person. Yeah, if you've been eating weird cake, we don't want to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but um, don't chase them because I hate hearing stories of like cryptids being chased and then shot at and then captured. Like, just be peaceful. Yeah. Don't King Kong it. No, don't King Kong it. Yeah, that always makes me sad. Just do some a little bit of paparazzi, but from a distance. Yeah. Yeah. Take a sketch. Yeah. Be old school and draw it for us. Have a cup of tea with it. Make a cave drawing. Yes. Yes. 
<laughs> that was my story of bunyips. Thank you so much. That was awesome. It's okay. And you widened my perception of bunyips quite a lot. I don't think I convinced you. I think I confused I you. I still think that they're an amalgamation of, of about 50 different animals. Yeah. Many yeah. of which aren't even native to Australia. Yeah, no. Well, the alligator, definitely not. A hippo? Hippo. Um, we have manatee, but they're dugongs. Yeah, and I don't know have that many seals, like, in the Murray River. Oh, uh, no, not in the Murray. But we have lots of seals, but not in the Murray. Yeah, on the coast. Mm. It's weird. Uh, but you don't really think of seals and then associate them with fresh water. No, and I don't know. We might just have... They, there may have just been a really rogue bulldog running around back then, brought in by the English, and then the Aboriginals are like, what the hell is that? Must be a bunyip. See, that or Possibly. a big starfish. See, where does the starfish with the head of a horse come from? I love that. <clears throat> That's I love so that. random. I love that. <laughs> anyway, my mind is blown. <laughs> Absolutely blown. Thank you for doing that. That was awesome. Thank you for doing yours. I love it. Cheers, even though it went for 100 years. That's okay. It was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, everybody, fridges. Frigerinos. We will be back next week. We're going to be uploading on Thursdays. That's going to be our official day of upload. Yeah. So put that in your calendar. <laughs> See you next Thursday if you get my gist. <laughs> that didn't work. Yes, it does. See you next. Oh, it did work. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds different from Tuesday. Know, it's because it's got the fur like my name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, dudes. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Um, remember to subscribe. 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 Yep. Subscribe and rate. Yep. Rate. Rate um, nicely. The English translation of Bunyip first appeared publicly in the Sydney Gazelle in 1812 by James Ives describing... Gazelle or Gazette? Gazette. (laughs) Shout out to the burlesque performer Gazelle. I just gave you a free shout out. You owe me one, girl. (laughs) Okay, that's... Gazette. That's a blooper, so I'm putting that at the end. So you have to start that sentence again. Okay.